You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB Network team of local experts, insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Lockdown Cubs. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. I hope you uh, got big plans for your Monday. Some barbecues, going to some friends and family. Maybe you're playing a little softball, 16-inch, if you know what's up, right? That's okay. If you want, if you're going to play 12 inch softball because you're in a different part of the country, still listening to this beloved podcast, I appreciate that. Just be safe because that that 12 inch is no joke. Take a line drive right to the face, and now you're spending you're spending your Tuesday in the dentist's office. Why Tuesday? Because I think they're all closed on Memorial Day. You don't want to mess around with that. But I really do hope everyone is well out there. Thank you for listening to this great podcast. Got a fun episode in store for you today. We're going to go around the NL Central, check out the standings, see what's what, recap the Cubs series against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, in which our beloved uh, win streak stopped at six games as the Cubs fell to the Cincinnati Reds yesterday by a score of 5-2-1. And also, we're going to talk about what the Cubs need going forward because the calendar turns, everybody. Tomorrow is June 1st, so we'll do a little May recap and uh, see what the future holds. Got a tough schedule coming up. And at the end, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, five, five people who follow me on Twitter. Follow the Lockdown Cubs podcast on Twitter, I should say, and who have been really active, and I appreciate their support over on Twitter. I feel like I have to say Twitter like in a Archie Bunker slash Bill Burr type of way. I don't know if you know that comedian. He's hilarious. He always says, Twitter, follow on the Twitter. All right, I'm in, I'm in a silly mood because I got three hours of sleep. That's why this podcast is coming out late. I apologize, everybody. I feel like a holiday schedule is a little different than your typical morning commute. I hope most of you had the day off. Those of you who did not, we appreciate your hard work on this fine Memorial Day, and a shout out to all of those who have we lost, who we've lost, in um, as well serving this country of ours. That's the way I want to say it. I think a lot of people get Veterans Day, Memorial Day confused. I was going to do a thing where I was going to like break down famous baseball players who were veterans, like a Ted Williams, but then I'm like, wait, he didn't die in war, and then Memorial Day is about those who who have passed. But I will give a shout out to a good friend of mine, a buddy I went to high school with, who died in Afghanistan, Lance Corporal. Uh, Nick Daniels, a great dude, a uh, Chicago kid through and through, and a Cubs fan. Uh, may you still be resting in peace, my man. So, all right. The Cubs, everyone, have uh, uh, been k- just killing it, right? With six of our last seven, we won in a row because we won six games in a row, of course. We are eight out of our last 10. Finished the month of May with an 18-8 and eight record. Oh, I apologize, everyone. I'm exhausted because I did a show in Indianapolis last night at a brewery, which was a lot of fun. But since I had big Memorial Day plans, including doing this podcast for you, I had to uh, drive home right afterwards. So was, I'm, I'm just a little tired, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump up the energy for you, the listener, right? All right, cool. Thanks. Wanted to get that out of the way just in case I sounded a little groggy. In case people are like, Joe, sounds like he had a rough night. I did. Okay. Uh, looking around the standings, the Cubs still remain a half game back of the Cardinals, which a great place to be in. You know, we would like to have been in first place if the Diamondbacks would have helped us a little bit. They did help us last night by winning. The Diamondbacks ended their 12-game losing streak. The Arizona Diamondbacks are terrible. They are 
you know, if you're one of those fans that's wondering what the trade deadline looks like, go to teams like Arizona and Colorado and your Pittsburghs and uh, and just look at who's the good player on that team and say say to yourself, okay, will they help the Cubs? Is that someone who could be looking good in Cubby pinstripes come late July? Well, you know, that's those are the teams you're going to be looking at, the basement dwellers, because they are are an atrocious, atrocious team. The Brewers have gotten hot. They've won seven of their last ten. Four in a row. They are 28 and 25. They are two games out of first place. So the Cubs have a game and a half lead on them. Cincinnati, as you all know, what we did to them over the weekend. An easy two out of three. A sweep would have been nice, though. Uh, uh, Can't complain, though. The Reds are 23 and 28. Six games out of first place. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates, are 20 and 32. Nine and a half games back. Winners out of just three of their last ten. Again, what a beautiful month of May it was for the Chicago Cubs. 18-8, and eight, one of the best months of May in team history. Just seems to be clicking on all cylinders. The biggest takeaway from the month of May, though, not just the offense, because as we all know, the offense since mid-April has been one of the best in baseball. But to me, the biggest takeaway has to be the bullpen. And when you have that, when your bullpen is that deep, so deep that Dylan Maples and Rex Brothers, two guys who are you know, probably the bottom two, they've barely pitched. Rex Brothers had that game on Friday in which he gave up two to tie it. No, I'm sorry, it was Saturday. He gave up two to tie it, and it was a 2-2 game, but I was still confident because the Cubs were just riding such a high. I was like, oh, we got this. We ended up winning 10-2. Easy peasy. He That was his first outing in like 10 games. Dylan Maples came on because it was a blowout to close that game out. His first outing in like three weeks. So it kind of does make you think like what's, you know, you got guys you're barely using. Why even have them on the roster? But I think we have to remind ourselves, though, that we've played a lot of close games, which is why, to me, the bullpen really is the star of this team in the month of May. As great as Chris Bryant has been individual performance-wise, Jack Peterson had a great month of May. Ian Happ started to turn it around. Javi had a nice month of May. And, you know, Kyle Hendricks bounced back wonderfully in May. Zach Davies. Fun fact, Zach Davies had a lower ERA in the month of May than you, Darvish. There's some, you know, circumstances there. I think Darvish pitched more innings than some other stuff. It was real close. One had like a two ERA. Davies had like a 1-5. I'm not comparing them. Don't think I'm one of those Cubs fans. It's like, oh, do you think that we should have Davies over Darvish? Of course not. Absolutely, of course not. But I just wanted to throw it out there because it's kind of funny. So there was a lot of wonderful individual performances. But the pen as a whole stole the show because the Cubs had a streak of one run victories. And that really relies on a bullpen that went 37 innings without giving up a run. Then they gave up the two by Rex brothers and haven't given up any runs since then. This is just a pen that has been firing at all cylinders. You have so many dynamic arms that have emerged that the Cubs have developed themselves. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast knows I'm a big fan of Tommy Nance. Again, I think Tommy Nance is one of those dudes who's like, you know, you're, it's, it's a summer day, you're 17, and you're like, hey, buddy, you want to run errands with me? It's like, of course, man. We're getting Taco Bell? <laughs> you bet it, Tommy. You bet, you bet your ass we're getting Taco Bell, Tommy. Like that kind of thing. You get excited. And he's throwing 97. That breaking ball is sick. It's a breaking ball that has hitters shaking their heads on the way back to the dugout. It just got a, it's a real tight spin and like a downward movement. But I've seen him show it like a different grip of it even. One that on the right, he's kind of breaks downwards toward like, you know, a little inside on them. And then one of the lefties that almost kind of, I don't want to say like screwball because that's too much, 
but it, it kind of does have a little bit of a backdoor action on lefties, which is uh, something that you like to see. Just some a pitcher who is smart enough to give dynamic looks. And again, how do you not love a story of a 30-year-old rookie? To all the kids listening out, out there, d- it shows if you have a dream, don't stop. I, I really can't emphasize that enough. That's the one thing I've learned and I've been fortunate enough to learn is that you have to keep pushing for the things you want in this world. And don't think to yourself, if I don't accomplish this by that age, I should give up. Because for every person I've met along the way who's given up on something they truly wanted, I could find you people who didn't give up and end up getting it. And sure, they were probably thinking, I would have liked to have done that by 25 instead of you know 39, however old they were when they finally accomplished it. But it's all the much sweeter. Look at it this way. The Chicago Cubs, it took them 108 years to win a World Series so from 1908 to 2016 it was 108 years, but didn't it in a way make the victory that much sweeter? Think about that parade, 5 million plus people, one of the largest gatherings in human history. I think it was like a top 10 gathering in human history. It might've been like number seven, one of the biggest in American history. Just think about how incredible that feeling was and how all of the years of suffering as a Cubs fan paid off in the culmination of seeing the Cubs raise that the World Series trophy could look cooler, I feel like. I was going to say raise it like the Stanley Cup. It's not the Stanley Cup. That's a one-of-a-kind. But raising that amazing trophy up, the speeches at Grant Park, just all of that, it felt amazing. For We were the cream of the crop as Cubs fans. We were walking around like, yeah, I'm a Cubs fan. You'll hold the, you hold the door open for me. You see the hat? Like That's just the mentality we had. And I really, you know, Tommy Nance it just exemplifies that. So for all you young children out there listening, also, too, if you're my, I, I every now and then you come across people who are like, I don't get these minor league baseball players who hang on forever. I'm like, yeah, they're not making a lot of money in the minors, but they're still playing baseball for a living. Wouldn't you want to say I'm a professional baseball player for as long as humanly possible? So I don't blame any of these guys who 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 pitch or play or do whatever they can for as long as they can to finally make it to the show. Good on them. Tommy, but there's been some injuries though. Justin Steele was huge in the first part of May. Hamstring, hopefully, again, it's nothing too serious. Way too many hamstring injuries. Just an update. Jason Hayward's gonna be coming back soon, I believe. And Jake Marisnik, they're both running yesterday, so hopefully they're back and looking good. But uh, the Cubs need to get over this injury bug. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like the real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash on your knowledge of sports. If you're one of those people that's like, trust me, I've got the best judgment. I know who's going to be a star. I know who's going to be a bust. This is just the thing for you. Making money with sports trade is simple as a player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game is compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. And two, the second, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Makes sense. As a Cubs fan, Edbert Elzelay, look out for him. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. 
Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Lockdown Cubs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation and listen here every day. I did my very first one after the Cubs had swept the the Pirates. Had a host of Lockdown Pirates on there. It was a lot of fun, everyone. You're going to want to check it out. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on the Locker Room app. You could do debates, post-game breakdowns, watch parties, and just react to all the exciting news and rumors. So go download the free, I can't emphasize that enough, the free Locker Room app now, currently on all iOS devices. And you could create a profile link with your Twitter so you could join NFL, MLB, NHL, whatever the sport you love, you could join in all the conversations. So download the Locker Room app today. Now to talk about more of the bullpen, because I feel like I only gave a couple shout outs there. Keegan Thompson has been phenomenal. Ryan Tapera, he was quoted the other day as saying he's, not, he's having so much fun going to the ballpark every day and he's just in such a zone, he, he doesn't even know what to think about it. Which is a cool feeling. I don't know if you've ever been in a zone like that where you're just like, am I this great at something? It's fun. It's a fun feeling. And good on him because he's been he's been the guy that I trust the most if we're in like a seventh inning, bases loaded, one out situation where we need a couple big outs. He did that in St. Louis in the, in the, the third game of that series. It was a tight game. Came in, bases loaded, no outs, nobody out situation, and handled business. Great to see. Andrew Chafin. Has been phenomenal, and what a fun character! I mentioned this a few podcasts ago about how it feels like October playoff teams that go on deep runs always have a chafing type character, someone that the national media just fawns over. It's like, oh, look at him; he's got silly hair. Let's talk about that for three innings, even though the national audience is kind of like, yeah, we get it; we're over it. Talk about the game, please. Would you please stop it, Joe Buck? We get it. Like that, he's that type of dude. And of course, Dirty Craig, Craig Kimbrell. He's an all-star. If I could shift gears a little bit with you, I was thinking about this because we're heading into June and then the all-star ballots will start to go out so we'll see who's getting votes and whatnot. But as far as merit goes, as far as who truly deserves to be at the all-star game for the Cubs, there's two locks, absolute locks. That's Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell. Those are definitely your two all-stars for the Cubs this season. Now, a lot could change in the month of June. I was looking at some positional stuff, and unfortunately, it feels like if he didn't have the two injuries and maybe was called up right away, Nico Horner could have been part of that conversation. I mean, he was hitting 345, playing gold glove defense at second. Second base isn't exactly a position with a lot of stars, so I felt like he had a good a good shake. But two injury stints, he'd have to if he comes back in a few days, because I think he's eligible to come back in like maybe four or five days, and then goes on a run or just continues playing the way he was, doesn't even have to really make up too much ground and plays that way up until, you know, June, you know, say he comes back June 4th this weekend and then to July 4th just keeps, you know, hits 350 for that month as well. That would put him in a nice position. It'd be nice to take a second bullpen pitcher, but that just doesn't happen. That's, it's a real sad thing about setup men. It's really the unsung heroes on so many teams. They're so vital to a team's success, but individually they just do not get the recognition. I've had arguments with people about how, you know, I've, I got a good friend of mine who believes bullpen pitchers are just so overrated. And I'm like, but they're important, though. You can't fault them for it. 
Because his whole thing is at the end of a year, you look at them and they threw like 50, 60 innings when you have starters who are throwing 150 innings. And so he's just like, yeah, they're just, you know, bullpen pitchers, they're failed starters. And a lot of bullpen pitchers have that sense of humor where they call themselves failed starters because there is some truth to that. If you were some dy- dynamic arm when you were 2021, 20, they would, of course, want you to be a starter. Unless you're just a guy that's like, you could throw 102, but we only feel like you could, could do that for two innings. So you don't really have the arm strength or we don't think you have the endurance to go six, seven, eight innings. So we're going to convert you here, which they're doing more and more so in baseball nowadays. Like, I can't help but think one of my favorite Cubs of all time, Kerry Wood, if he came up today in today's game, say he was drafted a couple of years ago, I almost feel like they would look at his, they would, they have like technology now where they'd be able to just check his arm out and look at it and just, they would say to themselves, we're making you a closer. And he would have been a Hall of Fame closer. But I, 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 Kerry Wood, I've been fortunate enough to have a conversation or two of them. Great, great human being. I'm glad he was a starter because he gave us moments like the 20K game in 1998, famously. His performance in the National League uh, Divisional Series against Atlanta in 2003 was legendary. So, yeah, I'm happy with a guy like that who was a starter. It's unfortunate, though, that I feel like his high school coach and Dusty Baker, I feel like they just completely overpitched him. And they had lingering effects that really cost him a few, probably a few more all-star seasons of his career. But still, what a wildly successful player. He's part of four Cubs playoff teams, which is almost unheard of before this recent run. Because think about it, it was 1998, 2003, 2007, 2008. Just Kerry Wood, phenomenal stuff. Everyone talks about all the stuff of today's pitchers and how nasty it is. Before we knew spin rate and all these other cool stats that StatCast does and Fangraph showing just how much a ball breaks and how fast it was and the RPMs. Look, I'm not, it sounds like I'm poo-pooing all these things. No, they're cool. More information is better. Why not have it? But before all that, you could just watch Kerry Wood pitch and you knew that was something special. That man passed the eye test. You were like, I don't know. I mean, the radar, like there was no radar gun for the 20K game. I think at one point they said, because they had an internal radar, like some scout was saying, oh, he's hitting 99 pretty consistently right now. He's even topped out at 100. But you didn't need the radar. You knew. You knew by the hitter's reaction and by the catcher's reaction, just the way the ball was popping, that, oh, there's there's some life to this fastball. And then the breaking ball, just seeing people swing over, seeing great contact hitters swing over the top of it, it's unreal. I was looking this up. I know I'm going off on a tangent here about Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game, but it was the most dominant pitch performance of all time. If you're going to go out on a tangent on anything, it should be Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game. Look at that lineup. Biggio, Bagwell, Alou, Bell. We all know they were a premier hitting lineup, but not only that, they were one of the hardest teams to strike out. They all had, if they pitched, if well, I mean, obviously today's era is a little different, but if they played in today's era, they would be famous for, oh, they, those guys never strike out. And they were back then too. So for him to strike out 20 of a team that rarely struck out made it all the more impressive. It really was an incredible game. I like to watch highlights of that every so often. I I believe I covered everyone in the bullpen. I'm trying to think. I hope I didn't forget any names because as a unit, the bullpen has just been incredible. You know, uh, it's really eighth inning guys. I like Tapera and Chafin the most. And, And Keegan Thompson. Keegan Thompson is interesting because there's part of me that wants to see him in the rotation. It was announced this. I'm I'm recording this Monday morning. Hopefully, you guys are listening to this before the game starts. We got a 120 start against the Padres. They announced Trevor Williams had to have like an appendectomy. I guess he like you know, his appendix was about to burst. So thankfully, he's okay. And they 
got that sucker out of there. Get out of here, you useless organ. I'm hoping, I don't know who they're bringing up. They haven't announced as of right now. Uh, let me check. This is very professional, Joe, but I'm curious. I want to get on Twitter real fast and see if they announce who's starting today's game. No, they have yet to make the announcement as of 9.15 on Monday morning. All right, so they haven't announced it yet. Sorry, I got no information for you. But by the time you're listening to this, you would have known anyway. I, I don't know who they're going to. I'm just. I'm at a point where I'm very confident in whatever arm they decide to bring up is going to be the right arm. They've really shown, They've really proven themselves. I'm really high. I know there's a lot to be negative about with the Cubs this offseason, trading Darvish, cutting salary, really feeling like, what are we doing? Are we, are we rebuilding? Are we not? Are we going to extend these guys? Because that's what we all want and that's what they should do. We were just in this weird limbo of what direction they're going in. So I understand there was a lot of negativity going in. But so far right now, half a game back, uh, approaching June 1st, offense looking much better than it did. You see improvements constantly, battling injuries, all that stuff to be in the position they're in, to look like they should be buyers come the deadline, not sellers. It's just a nice thing. So if I could, again, give a kudos to the Cubs pitching infrastructure, the pitch lab, as they're affectionately calling it, it's been great. Everyone they've brought up has looked like they belong. So I'm confident whoever they're giving the, a shot to today, maybe it'll be Cole Stewart. Again, I'm speculating. He was a former first-round pick for the Twins who got banged up a little bit in Minnesota and didn't really pan out the way they thought. But still, this is a guy that was highly touted enough to be a consensus first-rounder. Hopefully, I'm, I'm trusting the Cubs to have figured something out. Last time I checked, he was looking mighty, mighty good down in Iowa. So or I should say out in Iowa. It's straight west of us. I think because we think about the minor leagues as being lower, that no matter where the minor league city is, we think down. I do that sometimes. Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? We're talking coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my favorite. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Not caramel. It's caramel, everybody. I will, I will win this war on this, of the caramel versus caramel, just to throw that out there. Um, it's an amazing product to get you ready for your day, everybody. Uh, low in carbs, low in sugar, great flavor. So many nutrition bars these days, just it's cardboard. You're eating cardboard, okay? But not built bar. You got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and we all got to watch out for sugar, only four grams of sugar. You can't beat that. It's a delicious way to start your day to keep you going with the energy. So don't forget, everyone, go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's right. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Now, all right. Now I want to talk about really what this Cub needs to do in the month of June to be buyers at the deadline like we all want. We want this Cubs team to add to only give ourselves a better chance to win the NL Central. I think that's really what everyone's hoping for. I know I am. I know Jesse Rogers, who I've got no personal problem with at all. ESPN, he covers the beat reporter, and I'm and he's taken a lot of flack over this last year. And if I could stick up for beat reporters a little bit, it was a hard industry for sports media. A lot of ESPN fired a lot of people. And I noticed he became the guy for both the Cubs and White Sox. They had individual people, so he's had to take on more work. And look, they need clicks. They need they need people clicking on them for them to to make their, their money. If they're publishing articles at ESPN.com and nobody's reading them, they're going to get fired. It's their livelihood. It was a tough year. So he's had a couple clickbaity headlines that I don't even know is up to him. I think that might be an editor on high that makes the headlines. Anyway, I, I don't want to go hard on the guy because he's – 
He's covered the team for a long time, but I completely disagreed with what he tweeted. He tweeted something saying that Cubs fans should be rooting for them to be sellers because they could have a quick turnaround if they do it right. The fact that you even have to say if they do it right made me super annoyed because this Cubs team is, why would you ever root for your team to be sellers when they're half a game out of first place? And not, and the arrow's pointing up. It'd be one thing. It's like, well, we are half a game out of first place, but we were six games up a week ago. No, we've been gaining ground consistently since like the third week of April. Obviously, we had that historically bad start, but since then, they've been turning it around. So why would anyone root for losses, especially a major market team like the Chicago Cubs? Look, you guys know from listening to this, this is I'm starting my third week here as the Lockdown Cubs podcast host, and then I've been really enjoying it. I'm grateful for everyone listening. But if you've been listening, you know I try to see things more positively. I'm a sunny optimist when it comes to the Cubs. I'll be real and I'll be honest. I'll point out people who aren't doing well and all that kind of stuff, but I like to be optimistic. It is crazy, though. Here's where I'm going to be maybe negative. As Cubs fans, we should not tolerate this notion that they need to rebuild starting in the 2022 season because that is garbage. That is a garbage take. I was looking this up yesterday. There's a website called Sports Track that gives you payrolls for all the teams. The Cubs have like 40 million committed in payroll. They have like nothing. Jason Hayward is a 100% guaranteed contract for 2022. David Bodie, which is like two and a half million, it's nothing. Kyle Hendricks, those are the three guaranteed. Now they have arbitration stuff like that, but those they can not tender those people, so they're not technically guaranteed. But the payroll is so super low. And we've got a, a farm system on the rise. This isn't 2012. Don't let any of these reporters, any of these national media people try to push their narrative on you because it's garbage. It's an absolute lie. And if they try to sell you, oh, the rebuild was what was best for the future, Cubs fans. It's really what we need to do to ensure a long run is coming again. Don't be it's BS. Don't buy tickets. Don't buy new merchandise. I mean it. If that's the garbage they're going with this offseason, if this offseason you don't see Look, I'm not saying they're going to have to extend all three of them or re-sign all three of the big, uh, you know, Chris Bryant, Javi, and Rizzo, but there should be at least two of the three. And if they only re-sign one of the three, the money that they don't spend on the other two better go to other high-profile free agents because this is a, a great free agent class coming in, and for them to just balk on the whole offseason and do all, there's no excuse. Wrigley's up to 25,000 fans. I bet by September they'll be near full capacity again. It just... It, and it irks me. And I'm sure he did that just so people like me talk about it so that maybe you, the listeners, like, what else is this Jesse Rogers saying? And he gets more traction. I don't know. I hate that style of journalism. But again, I understand that that's just the landscape we're living in right now. And I, I can't blame people for doing what they can to keep their job and all that. But it was just very disappointing to see because he mentioned, he goes, what do you think? They're going to get Max Scherzer because that's who they need. That part of his terrible take, I agreed with. Max Scherzer is a guy I would love to see the Cubs go after. The Nationals got whooped by the Brewers. The Nationals are pretty bad right now. They're 21 and 27. They have, you know, they're not playing good baseball. If this keeps up, I could see them looking to, to trade. I could see them looking to make some moves, you know, the, uh, and then going back out and spending again. And Max Scherzer is 37. You know, I think they're probably thinking, ah, oh, we might not resign him in the offseason because of his age is coming up, but I th think they would deal him. Now, for those of you wondering, 37, why would we want him? We want him because he's still awesome. He still throws 95. 
He's an ERA in the low twos. He's still Max Scherzer. And he's a guy who will probably get a nice two, three-year deal in the offseason to pitch till he's 40. Nothing insane, but I could see him getting 16, 17 million for two years, something like that. And I, I'd be fine with the Cubs making that deal. Because we've got a lot of, again, like like Jake Arrieta has been for Adbert Alzale, we could have Max Scherzer as a guy mentoring more and more of our young pitching that's coming up because the Cubs have a lot of arms that are going to be knocking on the door the next two years, which is another reason in which they should be extending Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez. And then if you want to keep the line diversification, which we have with Nico, bring Matt Duffy back. He can't be too expensive. The DH might become, there's just, there's so, I'm actually excited for the future. But that notion, again, going back to the Jesse Rogers thing, he's like, it could be a quick rebuild if they do it right. We don't need, though. We don't need a quick rebuild. We just need to add to what we have and tweak some stuff. You know, get a couple different player profiles, which is what we we did fairly well in the offseason. So, I, again, it just it, it, it blows my mind why anyone would say, as a fan, you should root for your team to lose. And as fans, we should not put up with that. But here's some fans I want to give some love to. I'm going to do this as, as often as possible. Give a shout out to five people. And, I, and I'm going to mix it up, of course, because there's a lot. There's, and if I didn't mention you this time, I will get to you because there have been so many great people following the Lockdown Cubs podcast on Twitter. Some really fun, great interactions. If I missed you this time, you know I'm going to get you the next time. Uh, a shout out to an Australian listener, Dino Lester. No relation to John Lester. Maybe there is. Who knows? Uh, Barney Phillips, give you a shout out. I noticed you have a boxer dog. I have a boxer lab mix. So I love a good fellow boxer uh, owner. I don't like saying owner, though, for some reason. I know you're a dog owner, but it feels like you're, you're, it's family, right? You don't own family. You get what I'm saying. Uh, Cubs and Bears, eight, 1685. Cubs and Bears, 1685. Didn't know your actual name. You don't have it on there. Uh, Michael Jones, who finally made it back to Wrigley. I hope you had a great time yesterday, even though it was a loss. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, Cubby three girl, uh, spelled G Y R L Laura. You're the best. Thank you very much for uh, listening. And if I didn't get you, I'm going to get to you. Cause I had, a, I have a long list of names, but I figure I'll just do five an episode. I appreciate you guys for listening to lockdown Cubs. I hope everyone has a fantastic Memorial day. Uh, drivers, I almost said drink and drive responsibly. Don't drink and drive, drive responsibly. Um, have some drinks though, unless you're not a drinker, then have some you know, get some Gatorade. It's a good Gatorade day. I feel like to be 70 something. I don't know where it is where you are, but, uh, I hope you have a wonderful day and, you know, uh, respect to all those who have uh, fought and died uh, for this country. Appreciate it. Uh, you guys are the best, uh, keep supporting the lockdown Cubs podcast. If you want to check out my stamp comedy, it's all over TikTok and YouTube. That's Joe Kilgallen. Just search that. You'll find it all. You guys are awesome. Go Cubs. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.